This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome to Dollars and Cents. I'm Elaine Scollin, along with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates. They're experts in helping you get out of debt. Now, i got to say, Blair, I love the next segment that we're going to be doing. It's one of my favorite things. And what it is, folks, is we're going to talk about all the highlights from the 10th annual, which is pretty cool in itself that there's been 10 years in a row that Sands and Associates has been accumulating this data. And this, what we're going to talk about is the 2022 BC Consumer Debt Study. And this is part one of two. Um, and the reason why, Blair, I think this is such a cool uh, segment and such a cool thing that you guys do is because data shows us trends. And it's almost like we're being given a peek into what is in store? What's in store for us in the future when it comes to uh, debt or consumer issues, all of that kind of thing? Because uh, there's there's no reason why the sort of the the uh, well the processes or the, the the trends that have been set up in the past year aren't going to continue into 2023. Would you would you agree with that? Oh, I, I think it's it's completely spot on, Elaine. You know, we've been doing the study for ten years, and we've definitely seen you know some trends that have really started to intensify over time. And we'll talk about that with respect to payday loans and with respect to the average consumer, you know, continuing to get older. Um, but there's also it's just fascinating to get the window into the individual situations, what drives people to to get into debt or to seek debt help, and how do they feel, how do they resolve their issues and move forward. So. You know, the data in aggregate is always interesting, but you know, even down to some of the personal reflections, the personal advice that people give, um, you know, I encourage anybody listening just to go to the Sands-Trustee website uh, and find the debt study. It's you know, it's about twenty pages that we produce every year, which really gives you a window into people in BC that are struggling with debt um, and what they can choose to do about it to move forward. Excellent. Okay, so let's start at the very beginning uh, by why don't you tell us about the BC Consumer Debt Study Series, who, the, who was surveyed for this latest study that we're going to talk about? Mm-hmm. Well, the focus of the survey is all an individual. So it's not based on, you know, corporate bankruptcies or what's going on in the business world. It's what's happening with individuals in BC and their personal debt issues and what's the impact on these individuals. So we get insights and information from people that have recently used a legal debt relief process, which means they've either filed for personal bankruptcy or they're doing a formal type of debt consolidation called a consumer proposal. Uh, the population that responds to our survey every year, it just amazes me the number of people that are really interested in sharing their story and their insights to help others. So it's over 1,400 people responded to our latest survey. And that's about 14% of all the people in BC in the last 12 months who chose to restructure their debt uh, using either a bankruptcy or a consumer proposal. So a lot of surveys, you know, they consider them representative if they have 1% or half a percent or something like that of the total population. We've got 10% in this survey. So we think it's very representative. There's some really good insights you can extrapolate to say, what the survey says this, there's a lot of people in that situation that are, are feeling the same. Um, in our consumer debt study every year, we look at the general demographics, who's getting into debt, uh, what are their debt levels, what are the causes of problem debt, and we have different areas of focus each year. And this past year, we were uh, 
drilling down a little bit on the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, and we highlight, you know, the facts and the struggles that people are, are facing in our communities. The goal of the survey really um, is to boost awareness of what you can do if you find yourself in a debt problem, because a lot of people feel like they're the only person on earth that's struggling like this, and they just don't know what to do to get out of it. So if we can destigmatize a little bit of the, the situation of finding yourself in debt and give some guidance on what people can actually do to move forward, well, that's success for us and why we continue to do this survey even after 10 years now. So we know that using credit or credit cards and I mean, we all care, we always all carry a little bit of debt. Um, but it's a kind of a different situation when you're a licensed insolvency trustee. You guys look at it with a with a different set of eyes. And so let's talk a little bit more about the study and what's come out of it as a result. Yeah, in terms of the, the general trends, so as you mentioned, you know, just about everybody has a credit card, and if you're carrying a balance on your credit card, you're definitely not alone. Um, what we found in the 2022 BC Consumer Debt Study is the largest proportion of participants, so over a third of individuals, 34%, um, they said they had about twenty-five dollars to $49,999 of debt, so between twenty-five dollars and $50,000 of debt, excluding a vehicle or a mortgage loan. At the time, they started a formal debt relief process. So a vast majority of people, they don't owe hundreds of thousands of dollars, but they also don't owe just a few thousand dollars. It's in that range of about the twenty-five dollars to $50,000. Now, what was really not surprising, but definitely a significant finding is that nearly three in five people, 59% of people said credit card debt was the main type of debt that they had. And that was almost six times higher than the next most common type of debt. So if, you know, from a, a less involved point of view, you think, well, people are getting into trouble with credit cards. You're pretty right. You know, in, in six out of 10 cases, um, that is the main reason why people are having trouble with the debt is that the credit card debt had escalated. Uh, but for the first time in the study, we saw payday or installment loans. And these are the very high interest, high cost, uh, usually almost your last resort type of financing um, that rocketed into the number two position. So after credit cards, um, it is payday or installment loans that about 11% of people said were their issues. Uh, and then after then, it was tax debt and line of credit debt. And these were cited by about 9% of respondents. So definitely credit cards are the most common reason why people are getting into financial difficulty in terms of the type of debt. Uh, but that growth in payday loans is just so significant. You know, even in 2019, so a very recent study, uh, payday or installment loans were the main cause of debt for just 5% of people. And now it's at 11%. So it's more than doubled in just a few short years here. Um, and anyone that listens to the show for any extended period of time, you'll hear us talk about payday loans and how difficult it can be um, if you're stuck in a cycle of borrow, repay, borrow again, because the costs are just so high. So seeing that growth is, you know, very concerning. And just one other trend um, is about how the consumer is getting older. So what we saw is the proportion of people who are age 55 plus who are seeking help from their debt, um, that has increased 68% since we started doing this study back in 2012. So it's a lot more people reaching the end of their working life who are finding they still need help to resolve their debt. They haven't been able to put things in order uh, when their income declines as they go into retirement. I just want to mention at this point, if you already know that you fall into one of those categories and that you know you need some support, some assistance, some direction on what to do next, I want to give you the website for Sands & Associates at sands-trustee.com and their number. It's toll-free at 1-800-661-3030. So Blair, what are the, some of the findings that you've come up with that around what's causing people to accumulate uh, that problem debt now? 
Yeah, I think that's so interesting to, to delve into because there's a lot of assumptions made as to what can cause a debt problem. And, you know, sometimes when we put a tweet out about, you know, a consumer, um, you know, a recent consumer proposal that we filed, there are a lot of people that can comment really quickly and say, oh, this person must be irresponsible. They just need to pay their debts. Um, but when you actually delve into what, what's underlying the problem here, for the vast majority of people, and four out of the five most common causes of people getting into debt problems are generally things that are outside of their individual control. For a lot of the people, there's really nothing they could have done different to avoid being in a tough situation. So what we found is one in five people said the direct main cause of their debt was using credit for essential costs of living that their income could not cover. Um, so obviously in BC, I'll use the term, we're in a housing affordability crisis with the way rent has escalated, mortgage costs, everything. A lot of people have had to result to credit just to, you know, buy groceries each month and to, and to keep the lights on. Um, so that that's huge. And that's something that's outside of your control. You know, you didn't cause inflation to go crazy or rental rates to go through the roof, but you're dealing with the aftermath of that. Uh, one in four people, about 28%, um, they blame themselves. They said their debt was caused by overextended credit due to general financial mismanagement. And it's not the case that everyone I see has some mismanagement, but in some cases you can say, yep, this person perhaps could have done things a little bit different. My my experience is when we actually sit down with that person and interview them and understand, well, you know, why do you feel like you mismanaged? Well, it's because someone lost a job or somebody got sick um, or, you know, some other external shock and they felt they didn't manage it as well as possible. But the actual underlying cost cause there, and as people self-identify, things like illness, injury, or health-related problems, 10% of people said that was their main cause of their debt. Uh, marital or relationship breakdown, that was about 8%. And then job-related issues was about 6% of people. And that's also surprising as well, because a lot of people think, you know, you're filing a bankruptcy or a proposal because you've lost your job. But for 94% of people, that wasn't the main reason that caused them to go into debt. There could be some contributing factors, but it's usually it's things outside of their control, again, costs of living, um, illness, relationship breakdown, um, just all of those factors. Uh, what's interesting too, is we focused a little bit on the COVID-19 pandemic, but it really wasn't a significant driver of people seeking debt help in 2022. It was only 6% of people said that COVID-19 was the main cause of their debt. But what we think is that it's just the impact is starting to be felt now. We have just a ton of clients reaching out who might be being asked to repay CERB or government benefits during the pandemic. So we think the impact of the pandemic financially is just starting to be felt now and will be felt for years to come. And I think job, you know, job-related stuff too. Like let's say you're working for a viable company um, and all of a sudden everything gets tightened down or the costs start to increase at an exorbitant level, something that the company has no control over because of supply chain issues, because of the pandemic that we all lived through for two years, right? Like, so the, mm -hmm. the effects of, of the pandemic, like you say, are going to be, a, we're going to feel the effects for quite a long time. And they're going to be very subtle in some cases. Like, you know, even though you didn't lose your job because you, uh, the company that you were working for shut down because it had to, um, it could be for like 16 other different reasons why you lost your job or your hours were cut back or the cost was too great to keep you or whatever. Yeah, there's just been so many external shocks, like more than I've ever seen. I've been a trustee for 15 years now, you know, from inflation to interest rates to a global pandemic, you know, the last three, four years have just been one thing after another, making it more difficult for the consumer to make any financial headway.
I know that we only have a minute left on this, but we're going to talk about this study some more. But can we finish it off by talking about any findings from the debt study when it came to people attempting to manage their debt, their problem debt? Like what were some of the findings there that were interesting and different to you? Mm-hmm. You know, the the most uh, concerning one, and this is also the most consistent finding over time, over the last 10 years, is most people do not reach out for help right away when they know they have a mm-hmm. problem. In fact, only 5% of people reach out for help, which means 95% of people suffer for too long. They flail about. They're not sure what to do. When we ask people, well, why didn't you reach out for help so soon? Um, you know, a bunch of people come back with various reasons, but um, they said, you know, they tried to extend their credit limits first, or they tried to borrow from family or friends, or they applied for a consolidation loan, even 23% of people, when they knew they needed help, um, their strategy was to get a payday or an installment loan. Um, So there's a lot of things people do that can extend or enlarge the problem. With only 5% of people reaching out right away. I'm hoping that if anyone's listening today and they think they might have a debt problem, they'll make that call to get the help sooner um, rather than just suffer in silence as so many of our survivors survey respondents do, it seems to be about a two-year cycle from when someone knows they need the help to when they're finally getting the help that they need from Sands and Associates. And this is how you can uh, get, get some help. 1-800-661-3030 for that first sit down. Uh, they've got 25 offices all over the province. Uh, you're listening to Dollars and Cents with Blair Manton from Sands and Associates helping you get out of debt. We're going to talk about the um, 10th annual BC Consumer Debt Study for the past year that Sands & Associates has put together by talking to over 1,400 people, which is super interesting. Get a really great insight into all kinds of things around the kind of debt that people are holding on to, why, how did they get there, all of the pieces around it. This part is, this segment is all about the, the fact that the study revealed the serious impacts that problem debt can have on mental health as well as other things. And I guess this really shouldn't be too much of a surprise that it's going to cause a lot of stress and et cetera, but it's significant. Blair, it sounds like it was very significant this time. Yeah, you know, every year that we do the study, we always just, you know, have a moment of, I'll call it sobriety when we start to get the results back and just to see, oh my gosh, like if we ever um, underestimated the amount of an impact it has on on, on someone being in debt, um, you know, just read one of these survey reports or study reports and you'll know exactly how all consuming it can be. You know, I often say that debt is not a problem. You just think about five, 10, 15 minutes a day. If you've ever faced a debt problem, you'd probably be nodding along right now when I say you're constantly worried about it. You're constantly thinking, well, I'm not living up to what I I thought I could do. You know, usually if you have debt, it's because things were good and you were able to borrow money, you had a good credit rating. Now things aren't so good and you've got this obligation that you're not able to meet. So the mental, physical, spiritual impacts of that can just be huge. And, you know, over the last 10 years, we've, we've asked a number of very pointed questions each year to try to delve into that impact. And consistently, you know, we get some really insightful uh, responses back. Um, so, you know, debt distress can impact people in a number of different ways. But what we found in the past year's study was nearly four in five people, so nearly 80% of people said their mental health suffered as a result of being in debt. And, you know, I, I would say as in general as a society, our mental health has been under attack for a few years, a global pandemic, a bunch of external events. So throwing debt on top of that, that can just be an unmanageable burden for somebody already feeling strained. Uh, 63% of people said their self-esteem suffered. 
47% of people said that their debt affected their physical health. And one of the great parts of my job is just seeing that transformation. When people take action on their debt, you can just see that they're standing taller, they're walking taller, uh, and just generally feeling better. Even physically, debt can impact you. Um, over four in five people that we spoke to, over 82% said they experienced constant worry about their debt. Um, 76% of people said they had anxiety from the strength, from the stress of debt. Uh, two thirds of people felt helplessness or hopelessness. And even, and this is, you know, a, a tough one that we ask every year and the number vary, varies a little bit, but not, not significantly. So roughly one in seven people said that the death stress resulted in them experiencing thoughts or contemplation of suicide. So really wanting to end their life because of these financial obligations, just seeing no other way out. Um, and then, you know, a bunch of your traditional additional type of impacts you would expect, you know, sleeping poorly, uh, feeling shameful, even, you know, outbursts of anger. And, you know, even 30% of people said their relationship suffered as a result of being in debt. Um, they were alienating themselves from family or friends or had arguments with their significant others about money. And of a similar proportion, about 30% said they put their life on hold. You know, they're not taking that next milestone. They're not able to start a family or look at purchasing a house because debt is holding them back. So it really can be an all-consuming problem that people are facing. I like that it's something that you and Sa and it seems that Sands and Associates really cares about just how you've set yourselves up and how you counsel people and how you move them through the process regardless of what their next steps might be to deal with the um, to deal with their debt uh, but that you you care about this thing this you care about this mental health and and it's part of that process and I just also want to add with that um, if this if you know already that this is a step that you want to take to either just sit down with somebody and figure out your situation and see what can be done. Or if you already know that you need to do something and you want the process and, and the support to do that, the number, the phone number for Sands and Associates, and they have offices all over British Columbia. It's 1-800-661-3030. And uh, the website, if you'd like to check that out, you can also uh, register or make an appointment through the website is sands-trustee.com. Okay, so you um, talked about in before we took the little break about reminding people of the phone number that the number one reported warning sign of the of a debt problem was the stress, uh, mm -hmm. which was huge, seven out of 10 people. And of course, we know that stress can show up in all kinds of different ways, and it can affect so many different things in our lives, not just the typical things that you would think of, but it can really be um, life altering in a sense of, uh, of how you'd like things to go to how they actually end up going. So can we talk some more about that? Yeah, certainly, Elaine. You know, the way that I, I would really summarize it, and I think this is proven true, is, you know, if you think you have a debt problem, you're generally right. So if you're feeling like you're worried about your money, you're worried about your finances every month, feeling that stress, that's one of the number one reasons why our survey respondents said, okay, I know I've got a problem because I'm not sleeping at night, because I'm feeling this overwhelming stress. So yes, there are, you know, the traditional, we'll call them more transactional signs of a debt problem. And we'll go for those here in a second. But in general, it's just that feeling, that anxiety, that feeling stressed out, the hopelessness. That's the number one reason why people could self-diagnose and say, yeah, I probably do need 
some help with my debt. So other traditional warning signs that people identified, um, only making minimum payments, about six in 10 people said, well, that indicated to them it was a problem because they probably read their, st their statements in detail and saw, well, even a few thousand dollars can be decades to pay back at minimum payments. So that's just a huge warning sign. If you're only making the minimum payments on your credit cards or loans each month, you're really not getting ahead. You're just treading water at best. Um, a similar proportion of people said that seeing their debt balances remain the same every month despite making payments. So again, another way of looking at, well, I'm paying $200, but $190 of that is going to interest and fees and really not helping move me forward. Um, so just get feeling that sense of hopelessness that I'm doing the best that I can, but these debt balances just aren't going down. Uh, for about a third of people, their warning sign was that they, their debt balances just kept going up. They just kept accumulating more debt on their credit accounts. There was just nothing they could do to make headway. Uh, about one in five people said their big warning sign was that the bank turned them down for a consolidation loan. So a lot of people, one of their first things that they'll do if they find their debts are getting out of control is to try to consolidate and bring their interest rate down. But many times a bank is not willing to approve a loan like that without a cosigner or some other pretty onerous terms. So for about 20% of people, that was their warning sign. Uh, about 30% of people had what I would call the more, um, you know, intuitive, the common sense type of warning signs where everyone would say, you know, yes, this is indicating a debt problem. Things like getting collection calls, letters, bouncing or missing payments, but it was only about 5% of people were actually having their wages seized or their bank accounts seized. So a lot of folks think, you know, no one reaches out to a trustee until, you know, you've been sued and, you know, the, the wolf is at the door, all of those types of things. But that's only about 5% of people let it get so severe that legal action has been taken against them. The vast majority of people, it's more of a self-diagnosis that, hey, I'm just not making headway. I'm paying a lot. The balances aren't going down. Um, you know, and that even proves out in the way that it's counterintuitive, but a vast majority of people, sometimes upwards of 70% of people that file bankruptcy or make a consumer proposal actually don't have bad credit. They have, you know, from good to excellent, you know, even great credit in some cases, because it's not necessary that you go delinquent on all of your payments. It's not necessary that you wait until you've been sued. For the majority of people, they might have a great credit rating because they're just moving money around each month, getting all the minimums paid, but that's not an indication they don't need financial help. Sometimes the people with great credit ratings are actually other people that need help the most with their debt. Do you think that most consumers in BC go and get or, or seek debt help right away once they realize they have a problem? What kind of, what kind of stats have you got around that? How often or how long do, do people wait before they take action? You know, that's the thing, Elaine, that the longer we do this study, I hope this metric is going to change over time, but it's been consistently, most people do not reach out for help. Again, only 5% of people reach out for help when they know they have the problem. And when we ask people, why didn't you reach out for help? The most common responses were they wanted to manage the debt on their own. So about 65% of people said, you know, I got myself into this. I want to do the best that I can to get out of it. 55% uh, of people said they felt ashamed, felt ashamed I couldn't handle the debts I had incurred. Uh, being embarrassed to ask for help was reported by 51% of people and being worried about being judged. Um, so a lot of people think, you know, anything they do to restructure their debt is going to be a public proceeding. It's going to be in the newspaper. Their employee, um, employers, um, their colleagues, their neighbors will be aware of it. All of that is false. You can restructure your debt and, you know, even your partner doesn't necessarily need to be aware of it as much as we would counsel against that and say openness is the right way to go. But you can deal with your debt on a very private basis. Um, and 
And then about one in four people said they just didn't know where to get help. Um, they might have had misinformation or just had no idea that this role of a trustee actually exists. Uh, but what's quite concerning too is sometimes people take actions that unwittingly to them aggravates their situation and can make things worse. Um, so, you know, some people think there's just no solution to their situation. That's 31% of people. 28% um, of people thought their situation would improve on its own. Um, and then 12% of people said they didn't think their situation was bad enough to ask for help. And during that time when people are holding off from getting help, sometimes they're incurring more debt or they're getting co-signers or they're borrowing from family and friends. All of these things are very risky and usually don't help solve the problem, but just make it significantly worse. In the last, in the last uh, a few minutes that we've got, Blair, let's talk about what you need to pay attention to. Like, what are the warning signs that either people uh, get and they do something about, but it sounds like a, lots of people just get these warning signs and don't do anything about. So here's, here's an opportunity for us to try to help that situation, help those people. Okay, if this is going on, this is what this is the next steps for you. So let's talk about mm -hmm. those warning signs. Yeah, I think there's a bunch of questions to ask yourself. And, you know, if you're ringing the bell on a couple of these questions, that's a good indication you'd benefit from having a chat with a licensed insolvency trustee. So are you feeling any worry, anxiety, or stress about your financial situation? And a lot of people might say yes to that, you know, even in general, but that's a pretty good indication. Um, is your, are your debt and money matters something you think or worry about regularly or even daily? Is there not a day that comes and goes and you're not worried about how you're eventually going to get out of debt? Uh, one important one is do you rely on your credit accounts to make ends meet? So there's no way if the credit was taken away that you'd be able to live on a monthly basis with your budget. You need to go into a credit account every month just to provide for the necessities of life. Um, are you exercising some avoidance? Are you avoiding your account balances? Are you not filing your tax returns because you think you're going to owe money and the government won't know until you file, which is not a good strategy. They know either way. Um, but sometimes avoidance is, is something that people do for periods of time. Um, are you looking to take out a consolidation loan with or without a cosigner? That might sound like you're doing something good, but it's actually a big warning sign. If you need to consolidate your debt, uh, again, sometimes the only way banks will do that is to get a cosigner or get you to pledge an asset. And that's can be just quite risky. So you really want to take care as you move forward and, and do something that's going to help the problem, not make it worse. I want to throw in here too, the website that Sands and Associates has is just awesome. It is a number of pages. I couldn't tell you how many pages long it is, but it's filled with great questions, questions that you may have, that your neighbor may have uh, about what to do next, how to, what, what's the next step to take, or how do I do it, or et cetera, et cetera. And it's sands-trustee.com. And their phone number is 1-800-661-3030. And like I say, they have 25 offices around British Columbia right now. This segment's all about debt solutions. Going to, Blair's going to explain to us all about a consumer proposal, the basics and the advantages. We're going to learn what a consumer proposal is. Don't be afraid or concerned that you haven't heard of this term before. Uh, it's going to cover who can file one and how this super flexible debt solution could work as a debt management strategy for you. And, and Blair from Sands and Associates is going to explain. And Blair, you've described consumer proposals as a solution for folks to consult consolidate without borrowing and cut debt without bankruptcy. Uh, but before we get into the details and advantages, can you take us through some of the real basics to a consumer proposal and then we'll do a bit of a deep dive on it? 
Oh, certainly. With, with pleasure, Elaine. I think I've often said, and the listeners would know, I think one of my reasons for being on this earth is to make a consumer proposal more well-known because it is the most powerful debt solution you might never have heard of, and I've just seen the impact on individuals, how life-changing it can be. Someone just feels very despondent, thinks bankruptcy is their only way out from unmanageable debt, and this proposal can be just a complete lifeline, allowing them to restructure and feel good about the solution that they've chosen. So what a consumer proposal is, it's a formal process, so it's a legal supervised by a licensed insolvency trustee, and it's where you make a restructuring of your debt or a legal offer to your creditors to settle your debts in full, but without requiring full payment. So consumer proposals usually offer to repay a percentage of the total debts owed within a period of up to five years. And if you need to go longer than five years, there's different options, but typically a five-year term is the maximum time someone should be paying off a debt, in our opinion. So a consumer proposal gives an affordable option for someone who wants to consolidate their debt, but maybe they don't qualify with the bank or they can only qualify with a co-signer, for example. Uh, But it also allows you to reduce the amount of debt that you're paying back down to something that you can afford. So even if the bank would agree to consolidate, but there's just not a way that you could afford to repay 100% of the debt plus the interest charges on top of that, um, that's what a consumer proposal can do. It can reduce the debt and stop the interest. And in terms of what types of debt can be included, Uh, It's almost easier to say what types of debt can't be included. It's pretty all-encompassing, everything from uh, credit cards, lines of credit, student loans, income taxes, personal debts. Just about any debt that's owing can be restructured and reduced as part of a consumer proposal proceeding. So with that, there's got to be some pretty strict requirements on who can actually do a consumer proposal, or is that the flexibility of it, that everybody or it pertains possibly pertains to everybody. Well, the objective of when the government created a consumer proposal was to give uh, people a means of avoiding bankruptcy, of avoiding, you know, a bigger loss to their creditors, for example, and then, you know, having the, the personal impact of having gone through a bankruptcy. So they deliberately made a consumer proposal very accessible, uh, very easy to qualify for, uh, with the hope that more people would start to choose proposals over bankruptcy. And what we've seen is, my gosh, that trend has taken off like a rocket ship. Uh, the most recent statistics in B.C. is it's almost 80% of people who are filing a formal insolvency proceeding are now filing a consumer proposal and 20% are filing bankruptcy. Obviously, before a proposal existed, that was 100% bankruptcy. And even as recent as five or six years ago, it was more, you know, 60, 40 more proposals than bankruptcies, but it's really, really increased in the last few years. In terms of who can do a consumer proposal, um, anyone who owes more than $1,000 and less than $250,000, and that's excluding the mortgage on a principal residence. So that's a pretty wide band of individuals who are in debt, and for the most part, it's in the range of, you know, twenty dollars to $60,000 of debt is probably where we see most proposals, but we can see some, you know, as low as five dollars or $10,000 of debt, and sometimes there's hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt where we're doing a proposal on, as maybe there's, you know, a business failure or an ICBC award or something along those lines. Um, it is possible to do a joint consumer proposal, so say for a husband and wife or even just two people whose finances are interlinked, um, you do a joint consumer proposal, and if you do that, the debt threshold raises to $500,000. So it's definitely, it's a widely flexible tool. It can handle most um, situations where people find themselves overextended financially.
I just want to mention too that if this is already sort of describing your situation and you want to learn more about the consumer proposal or sit down and talk with somebody about it to see if it's right for you, if it's the right uh, action to take, very easy to do. Uh, give Sands & Associates a call. It's a 1-800 number, 1-800-661-3030, uh, or visit the website sands-trustee.com uh, to make that appointment. So where does a licensed insolvency trustee come in in this consumer proposal world, Blair? Well, in order to access a consumer proposal, you have to choose the licensed insolvency trustee that you'd like to work with. You can't do a consumer proposal on your own. Lawyers aren't empowered to help you with this remedy. It's only a licensed insolvency trustee can assist you. And when you make a consumer proposal, what happens is you stop making payments to all of your creditors who are included in the proposal, and they're barred from contacting you from payment or charging you any interest. It's the same protection as if you had filed for bankruptcy. The trustee steps in the middle between you and the people that you owe money to and puts a stop to any creditor harassment, any collection actions, including calls, any court proceedings, even any wage seizures. You know, if you're getting paid in a few days and the trustee has the documents filed in time, we're going to stop that wage seizure and not let it happen ever again. So the trustee is really your, your administrator of your proposal, the person that stands in the middle and gets the deal done for you. Uh, once the creditors have agreed to accept your proposal, so the way a proposal works, you file it with the trustee and then there's a period of 45 days where the trustee sends the proposal to your creditors, and then the creditors vote back to accept or reject the proposal. 95% of the time, they accept the first offer in a proposal. 99% of the time, if we negotiate, we still reach a deal. So it's still a very, very high success rate. And once the proposal is accepted, you make payments, typically on a monthly basis, to your trustee, and then the trustee disseminates those payments or distributes them out um, to the people that you owe money to a few times a year, based on whoever owes you the most gets the most money, whoever, owes you, whoever you owe the least uh, gets a little bit less. It's all on a pro rata fair basis. Okay. Um, the other cool thing, and and that Sands and Associates offers is the opportunity for for you to not get in that situation again, to learn some skills, to figure out what went wrong, how it went wrong, and then how to make sure it doesn't happen again with some really good counseling. Yeah, that's such an important part of the process. So, you know, it's one thing to reduce the debt, and we're very proud of what we can do, um, but it is the two financial counseling sessions, one-on-one -on -one sessions with our professionals here. You'll understand some great tips about budgeting, about financial goal setting, about how to rebuild your credit, with the whole idea of making it, you know, a one-time pit stop on your life. You do this, you get, you know, some good corrections, uh, and then you move forward with some really good skills. Um, and, in, and in finishing off this segment, I think it's really important um, to talk about the advantages to why a consumer proposal works better or is a better choice over other debt management options like a consolidation loaner or even bankruptcy. And you've got some really good reasons why the consumer proposal works. Yeah, I think three big reasons here that we'll, we'll go through. So one is that it can cut your debt and stop the interest. So sometimes if you look around, if you're going to see a credit counselor, for example, they can stop the interest, but you still have to pay back 100% of the debt. When you're dealing with a trustee, it's based on what you can afford to pay back. And quite often, it's in the range of 30% repayment, maybe 20, maybe 40, something along those lines. But it's often a very significant reduction in the total amount payable, and that's only available with the consumer proposal. Um, a second advantage, 
advantage is it actually allows you to keep your assets. So if you want to keep paying on your mortgage or keep paying on your car, a consumer proposal doesn't require you to surrender either of those, but it does give you the option. Let's say you're significantly underwater on your car loan. You owe way more than what the car is worth. You could decide as part of your proposal, I want to give this car back, have it you know, collected from me as part of the proposal, and I'm going to get a new vehicle so I can end that obligation, but it's not your requirement to do so. And the last thing is just really to understand this is not a permanent mark on your credit history. It's something that you will recover from probably quicker than you think. Uh, the day you file a proposal, six years after that day is when it comes off your credit report like it had never happened, um, or three years from when you pay it off, whatever is sooner. Um, but it is the case people can restructure and rebuild their credit even as soon as a couple of years after they've signed the proposal. They often start to get offers of credit, and definitely six years from the day that you filed that proposal, so probably a year after you finish paying it off, it's gone. It's like it never happened, and you never have to say yes to that question, have you filed a bankruptcy? You haven't. You did a completely different remedy called a consumer proposal. And can you just explain in the last few seconds that we've got, how do you get paid? How does a licensed insolvency trustee get paid in a consumer proposal? Well, that's a great point, Elaine. There's nothing extra the person is ever required to pay. Whatever is determined they can afford to pay back, maybe it's 30% of the debt, for example, the trustee gets paid out of that. It's all set by government tariff, and it's taken off of the payments before they're distributed to creditors. Very much on the up and up in every way, shape, and form. And, and uh, licensed insolvency trustee are the only ones who can facilitate this for you. Uh, if you want to learn about more of your options and choose a debt-free plan that's the best one for you, book your free and confidential debt consultation with Sam and Associates. Here's their phone number again, 1-800-661-3030, or visit the website sans-trustee.com. So this segment's all about a debt problem warning signs and where you can get professional help. So without obvious indicators of trouble, because I'm sure that can be often the case, spotting a debt problem isn't always the easiest. And according to Sands and Associates president and our very own BC licensed insolvency trustee Blair Manton, lots of consumers don't even recognize the financial warning signs. Uh, until it's a financial crisis and you're right in it. So let's learn about key debt cautions and where to get help with a debt problem. So first, Blair, can you share a bit about why it's so important to keep up with our personal finances and stay ahead of that debt? Well, certainly, Elaine. And from my experience, um, the really important thing to know is that most people underestimate their debt problem, at least for a period of time. Um, I think it's just typically we think it can't happen to us. Uh, we think, you know, next month we're going to get further ahead. And sometimes we just get used to being in that constant cycle of making debt payments, the cycle of borrowing, we're making all the minimums, but then we're charging more into the cards. Uh, and then a lot of people don't realize how close they actually are to a financial crisis until some external event comes, something outside of their control, and really puts a shock to their system, and they just don't have the resilience to recover from something like that. So, you know, the typical ones that we see all the time, a marital breakdown, um, illness or injury, whether it's for you or for a family member, uh, job-related issues, um, you know, all of these things um, can, can trigger a cash crunch. Um, and you may not realize how much of an impact a financial problem can have if you've never been through one. From our research with our clients, we do a detailed survey every year uh, of almost 2,000 of our clients.
compliance with detailed responses. Um, they say, you know, the impacts are overwhelming stress, anxiety, and depression, even to the extent of one in six people say they contemplated suicide um, because they just didn't see any way out of their financial difficulties. Uh, people constantly think about their finances and their debt, and that triggers, you know, crises of self-esteem, putting life events on hold. Uh, and then, you know, the physical manifestations of poor sleep, high blood pressure. So the thing that we really would want people to do at Sands and Associates, and the reason why we do this show, is to really encourage people to reach out before it gets to that point. Um, you know, if you're starting to feel like you have a debt problem, you've probably had a debt problem for a period of time, and it's really impacting your life in more ways than you, you probably can see uh, right as, as you look in the, in the moment. That's such good information, Blair, because I think so many people think they're all alone in this. But those kinds of numbers and that kind of information just shows that you're not. You're not alone. There's lots of people who get into these situations, and there's a really great way to then see yourself out of it. So can you talk more about some of the warning signs that we should be aware of? Uh, I guess warning signs that we are we are in financial problems and we have a debt issue and we need to take some action? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, we've talked a lot, Elaine, about, you know, uh, some of the more obvious warning signs. We'll say, you know, if you're missing your payments completely, if you're getting collection calls, if your wages are being seized, that's pretty straightforward. Yeah, you've got a debt problem you need to deal with, but there are some warning signs that can creep up as a slow build, and you might not even know it's a warning sign until you've been doing it for a period of time. Uh, one of the main ones that falls into this category is only making minimum payments, and this was the most reported warning sign in our most recent survey of our clients. That that's how people knew they had a debt problem, and it's for good reason, because when you're just making minimum payments on a credit card or, heaven forbid, you know, a payday loan or an installment loan, you're servicing the interest, you're keeping the account current, and your credit rating probably looks okay, but you're not actually getting anywhere. You're not paying down the debt, um, and you're probably going to pay thousands in interest charges to keep you in debt for years uh, if all you're making is just that minimum payment each month. You know, we've seen uh, credit cards for the last, I want to say, seven or eight years, they've had that disclosure of, you know, how long it's going to take for you to pay off the debt if you only make the minimum payments. You know, we see 20, 30, 50, even over 100, 150 years sometimes on these statements. Um, and, you know, our guideline is anything more than five years is, is too long to be stuck in debt. So if you're looking at your statement, you know, sometimes even a $1,000 debt can be 18 years to pay off depending on the interest rate. Um, you know, you need to either decide, I'm going to be able to pay a whole lot more than the minimum, um, or you need to be getting some help. But only making minimum payments is just a huge warning and I want to throw in at this point, too, that if this situation sounds like you or if Blair's just described your situation, Sands & Associates is easy to give a call to. It's 1-800-661-3030 or check the website sands-trustee.com and make that appointment. Um, can we talk about the, pay, the uh, continuing to use credit cards? And that's got to be an issue or credit in period, I guess. Yeah, and this is often symptomatic of, of a larger problem because I often meet with people and I see they've got a few credit cards and then they've got a consolidation loan. And when I talk to them about, well, how'd the consolidation loan come around? Oh, well, the credit cards were maxed out. So we went to the bank. They agreed to consolidate a lower interest rate. Uh, so that's why all the cards were at zero at that point. Yeah but now they're back up to where they were, yeah. Mm. And we, as we dig in deeper, we often find the issue is there's an imbalance in the budget um, that was never looked at seriously, and the person every month is just going further and further into debt, and there's the old adage, if you find yourself in a hole, what's the first thing you do? Well, you stop digging. Um, and yeah. if we look at a number of clients, unfortunately, um, you know, whether it's structural, it could be things like you know rent payments, car payments, things that are a little bit difficult to change, um, or whether it's just you know some... Um, 
frivolous is the wrong word, but some more discretionary um, overspending. It's only by shining a light and really looking in detail on that budget can you pinpoint how the person's gotten into trouble and then also put a stop to it. Because, you know, for the person that I've spoken to, spoken about here with the example of the consolidation and the credit cards, yeah, we can probably help them with a consumer proposal. But if that budget imbalance hasn't been corrected, well, by the time they pay off that consumer proposal, they might be in debt again and need our help. That's not what we're looking to do. Um, so definitely the continuing to use credit, um, you know, that's a huge warning sign to be aware of. Um, you know, if you're not able to have a budget that balances, forgetting about all the credit payments, if you're relying on credit to make your budget balance each month, um, that's a huge, more subtle, but very huge warning sign that financial difficulty might be in the future. Can you talk about the rule of 60? Because that sort of is a nice dovetail from that. Yeah, and that's the whole idea that, you know, debt should not be a perpetual thing in your life. Um, so we ask people, you know, just to do a quick check-in, and anybody listening can do this, you know, in the space of, you know, probably 10 seconds if you have your information close to you, but add up all of the debt that you have, your non-mortgage debt, your non-car loans, but things like credit cards, lines of credit, student loans, income taxes, so on and so forth, and divide that by 60. So let's say it's $24,000 of debt that you have, you divide that by 60, that's $400 a month, and then ask yourself, if I I had to pay off $400 a month, could I do that? Could that fit in my budget? And if you're saying, well, I couldn't afford half that or a quarter of that, well, then realistically, five years from now, you're going to be further in debt than you are now, and it's probably a great indication you should seek some help because a consumer proposal, um, at most it would be the $400 a month to pay everything off in full, but quite often it's going to be a portion of that. It might be a half or a quarter, but it's only by seeing, okay, under my current steam, can I get out of this on my own by seeing that that's not possible? that's when you start to reach out for some help. Yeah, and let's talk, let's, let's wrap this segment up with uh, some more ideas around that, the kind of help and support that a licensed insolvency trustee like yourself can offer someone. Well, definitely, you know, a lot of people, they delay reaching out because they think that they're going to be judged, they feel embarrassed uh, and ashamed. Um, and sometimes, you know, it's well-meaning friends or family members that, you know, are almost pushing somebody or pulling somebody to get debt help. And really, it's a personal decision. You can't force somebody to get help. Uh, but people need to realize when they come to see a licensed insolvency trustee like Sands & Associates, they're going to get empathy. They're going to be treated with dignity and respect. Uh, we know there, but for the grace of God, goes anybody. Anybody could find themselves in financial difficulties. And quite often, it's well beyond an individual's control. When we drill down and think, you know, there's nothing I could have done different as a professional. And this person is in my office, um, you know, with a very difficult debt situation. So the, the less time we can spend beating ourselves up and judging ourselves, the more we can spend on finding solutions. Um, you know, that's the way that we can help people get back on track. So that's so good. And I just want to say, you know, if you, if you feel like you're ready to get started with a debt-free plan, you can easily book your free debt consultation with Sands & Associates by giving them a call at 1-800-661-3030 or visit their website, sands-trustee.com. And I just want to say the website's fabulous. There's so many great questions and answers, easy to understand answers if you're just wanting a bit more information before you take that next step. You've been listening to Dollars and Cents. See you next time. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.